Hello, I'm Erica Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about Yom Kippur. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 6th of September, 2021. Congratulations for making it to September. And this week is the beginning of the fall feast. The High Holy Days last week, we actually discussed the first one, which is Yom Teruah, also known as Rosh Hashanah. And the next one coming up will be Yom Kippur. And I want to go over that with you today. I'm probably actually going to have two podcasts this week because Yom Kippur has a whole lot more detail to it than Yom Teruah does. And I want to make sure that I hit the points that are important important, and what the Holy Spirit has really led me to share with you guys. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and discuss it. I do want to say that there is no right way or necessarily wrong way. As long as you are keeping your foundation on what the Bible tells you that the Lord wants you to do when you are choosing to observe these feasts. These are the feasts of the Lord. These are not Jewish feasts. They're not just for the Jewish people. Um, I think that Adonai specifically did that on purpose in the Bible um, so that we wouldn't simply say, oh, that's just for those people over there. No, no, this is the the feasts of the Lord. Um, As believers, we are all called to observe these feasts. And there's a really good reason for that. There's a lot of uh, prophetic foreshadowing. As we talked about before, um, the spring feasts are the feasts that Yeshua has already fulfilled. And the fall feasts are the ones that he is going to fulfill when he comes back. And if you look with me in Leviticus 16, this is where the entire chapter is about Um, how he wants us to observe and what he wants us to do for Yom Kippur. And I'll read it to you and then I'm going to kind of break it down for you. Hopefully I have time to go a little bit more in depth with you today. Um, If not, then I will. The next time I do another podcast, it might be within a day or two. Um, But I don't want to overwhelm you with so much information that you just quit, you know. So um, I feel like if you are convicted to, to really and, and truly want to be obedient to what Adonai has called us as believers to do, that um, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. Um, everything doesn't have to be perfect. You know, every little bit counts. Um, my husband and I are actually getting ready for Sukkot. And normally we do not actually celebrate that to, um, the way that I would like to celebrate it. This is actually the first year we're going to actually live in a tent. Um, so I'm super excited about that coming up. I will be explaining that probably next week. So go ahead with me to Leviticus 16. Then Adonai spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they approached the presence of Adonai and died. Adonai said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holiest place behind the curtain before the atonement cover, which is on the ark so that he would not die. For I will be appearing in the cloud over the atonement cover. In this way shall Aaron come into the sanctuary. With a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering, he is to put on the holy linen garment, having had the linen undergarments on his body, put on the linen, linen sash and wear the linen turban. They are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water and put them on. Then he is to take from the congregation of Benai Israel, 
two he goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. Then Aaron is to offer the bull for the sin offering, which is for himself and make atonement for himself and his house. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before Adonai at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Aaron will then cast lots for the two goats, one lot for Adonai and the other lot for the scapegoat. Aaron is to present the goat on which the lot for Adonai fell and make it a sin offering. But the goat upon which the lot for the scapegoat fell is to be presented alive before Adonai to make atonement upon it by sending it away as a scapegoat into the wilderness. Also, Aaron is to present the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and so make atonement for himself in his house. He is to slaughter the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself. He is to take a fire pan full of coals of fire from off the altar before Adonai, plus two handfuls of sweet powdered incense, and bring it within the curtain. Then he is to put the incense on the fire before Adonai, so that the cloud of the incense may cover the atonement cover that is on the ark, so that he would not die. He is then to take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the atonement cover on the east side. Before the atonement cover, he is to sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he is to slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bring its blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the blood of the bull. Sprinkle it upon the atonement cover and before the atonement cover. So he is to make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of Benai Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. He is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of their impurities. No one is to be in the tent of meeting when he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his household and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he is to go out to the altar that is before Adonai and make atonement for it. He is to take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and dab it around on the horns of the altar. He has to sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleanness of Benai Israel. When he has finished atoning for the holy place, the tent of meeting in the altar, then he is to present the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and convince Confess over it all the iniquities of Benai Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins. He shall place them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat will carry all their iniquities by itself into a solitary land, and he is to leave the goat in the wilderness. Then Aaron is to come into the tent of meeting, take off the linen garments that he put on when he went into the holy place, and leave them there. He is to bathe himself with water in a holy place, put on his garments, and come out to offer his burnt offering and the burnt offerings of the people, to make atonement for himself and for the people. Then he is to burn up fat of the sin offering in the smoke on the altar. The man who leaves the goat as a scapegoat is to wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. Afterward, he may come into the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp, and their hides, their flesh, and their dung burned with fire. The one who burns them is to wash his clothes and bathe his body in water. Then afterward he may come into the camp. It is to be a statute to you forever, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you are to afflict your souls and do no kind of work both the native-born and the outsider dwelling among you. For on this day, atonement will be made for you, to cleanse you from all your sins, and you will be clean before Adonai. 
It is a Shabbat of solemn rest to you, and you are to afflict your souls. It is a statute forever. The Kohen who is anointed and who is consecrated to be Kohen in his father's place will make the atonement and put on the linen garments, the holy garments. He is to make atonement for the holy sanctuary, for the tent of meeting, for the altar, for the Kohanim, and for all the people of the assembly. I know that was really long, but I think that it's really important that we understand why we do what we do, you know? So, to break down Yom Kippur, the background, Yom Kippur means Day of Atonement. I don't know if you caught that, and a lot of a lot of what I don't know I was telling him to do had to do with what the cover of atonement, right, and making atonement for the people. So um, it refers to the covering to covering sin, so that the Israelites might continue to approach the Lord with sacrifices and offerings. The Day of Atonement falls on the tenth day of the seventh month of the sacred calendar. Tishri, which we discussed last podcast as well, um, it's usually in September, October. This particular year happens to be in September. God commanded rest for from the evening of the ninth of Tishri to the evening of the tenth. This Sabbath of Sabbaths was the day atonement would be made for the most holy place, the tent of meeting, the altar, and the priest, and then for the nation. The story of the Day of Atonement which we just read was Leviticus 16, it gives instructions for the atonement sacrifices. The rabbis developed a detailed order of service, which included the regular daily sacrifices in addition to the special atonement sacrifices. Tradition tells us that step-by-step instructions were read to the high priest during the time of Herod's temple because many of them were in office for political reasons and had not been trained in high priestly duties. So even back then we can see that they had problems with people being in places of power for the wrong reasons. Now in the morning, for the morning service, the high priest would bathe and dress in his golden priestly garments to offer the regular morning services. And then for the sin offering, the high priest would bathe and dress in the special white linen garments worn only on this day. He laid his hands on the bull to be sacrificed and he confessed his sins and the sins of his family using the following prayer, which ends with Leviticus 16, verse 30. Ah, Adonai, I have committed iniquity. I have transgressed. I have sinned. I am my house. Oh, then Adonai, I entreat thee, cover over the iniquities, the transgressions and the sins which I have committed, transgressed and sinned before thee. I am my house, even as it is written in the law of Moshe, thy servant, for on that day he will will he cover over or atone for you to make you clean from all your transgressions before Adonai, you shall be cleansed. Now each time he would pronounce the name of the Lord, Adonai, the people would fall on their faces in worship saying, Blessed be the name, the glory of his kingdom is forever and ever. Tradition has it that this was the only day of the year anyone said or heard the name. Its pronunciation was so carefully guarded that it has been lost. Some people think it's Jehovah, other pe- people think it's Yahweh or yud heh vav but we don't know for sure. And if I offended you by using those terms, I apologize. Then the priest would cast lots for two identical goats. The one chosen for Adonai was marked for sacrifice with a red sash tied around its neck. The one chosen for 
Azazel, the scapegoat, was marked with a red sash tied to one of its horns. The bull the high priest laid his hands on and confessed sins for himself, his family, and the priesthood would use the same prayers before, adding only a few words to include the whole priesthood. Once again, the people would fall down and worship at the sound of the name of God. The high priest slaughtered the bull, catching the blood in a container, which an attendant stirred. Incense. The high priest would carry a censer and a dish of incense into the tent or temple, stepped behind the curtain, and entered the most holy place. This was the only day of the year when he could enter there. By the time of Herod's temple, the Ark of the Covenant was lost. The most holy place was empty. Even so, his life was in danger. He set the censer down and dusted the incense onto the hot coals, causing a cloud of smoke to arise. He backed out of the most holy place and prayed for a good year for Israel. He emerged from the temple to the relief of the multitude of worshipers. His service had been accepted. And then there's new understanding of old traditions. Sprinkling the blood of atonement. During the days of the temple, the high priest slaughtered the goat chosen for Adonai and sprinkled his blood before the atonement cover. This was to atone for or cover the sins of the people. Paul, or Shaul, explained that Yeshua is our atonement sacrifice. In Romans 3, 23 to 25, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Yeshua HaMashiach. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Isaiah foretold Yeshua's brutal death and how his blood is sprinkled on the nations. In Isaiah 52, 13 to 15, it says his appearance was disfigured beyond that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. So will he sprinkle many nations. Bearing the sins away, the scapegoat Azazel bore away the sins of the people into the wilderness where it died. It, Isaiah or Yeshayahu foretold that Yeshua would carry all our sins away. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Drawing lots. Lots were drawn to see which of the two goats would be sacrificed and which would be the scapegoat and carry away the sins of the nation into the wilderness. The golden lots were labeled La'adonai to the Lord and La'azazel to the scapegoat. As each lot was drawn, it was placed on the goat's head to seal its fate. It was considered a good omen for the priest to draw the lot marked La'adonai with the right hand. But in the Talmud, which, you know, I, you, you know, listening to my podcast, I don't necessarily, I, I've never read the Talmud. I don't agree with a lot of the things that they have in there. Um, Yoma 39a, we read that each of the 40 years before the destruction of the temple, the priest drew the lot marked La'adonai with his left hand. I think that's pretty telling, don't you? This occurred when Yeshua gave his life on the cross. He was the ultimate atonement sacrifice. Forgiveness of sins became available through him. The time for yearly sacrifices for sin was past, and God no longer accepted the blood of bulls and goats. The yearly atonement sacrifice. The yearly atonement sacrifice had never been enough. Hebrew tells why and what God provided and said. So Hebrews 9, 6-28, it is abridged. Only the high priest entered the inner room of the temple, only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people. 
but the sacrifices were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. The blood of goats and bulls sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean does sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Hamashiach, who offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death? For Hamashiach did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Hamashiach was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. The great curtain which hung before the most holy place kept everyone from going directly into the presence of Adonai. The high priest went past the curtain once a year on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, but even then a cloud of smoke from the incense he was carrying filled the room and clouded his view. But when Yeshua suffered and died for our sins, the curtain was torn apart and not by human hands. You'll find that Matthew 27, 50 to 51. And when Yeshua had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The writer of the book of Hebrews later explained that this startling supernatural event mirrored a stunning spiritual event. By his own body, Yeshua made a way for us to enter freely into God's holy presence. Hebrews 10, 19-22 Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Yeshua, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with, this, with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. So according to Jewish tradition, Adonai decides on Rosh Hashanah. And you know how I feel about Rosh Hashanah from last podcast. The fate of fortune of each person for the coming year. For the next 10 days, people examine themselves and make amends. They believe that the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, is the last day to seek Adonai's favor and be written in the Book of Life. Being written in that book assures them of prosperity, health, and happiness for the coming year. And honestly, I don't feel that you need to have a new year in order for you to have that. Because we have Yeshua all the time. All year, all year long, right? Um... Jewish people without Yeshua dread coming before the righteous, holy judge on this day. They earnestly hope that God will forgive them because of their good deeds, prayers, and fasting. Fear comes when they think of all the difficulties and griefs that could come with the new year. But when you have Yeshua, you do not need to fear death or what life will bring. Romans 8, 35 to 39 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Yeshua? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Hamashiach Yeshua, our Lord. Yeshua promises not health and wealth in this life, but his presence, no matter what happens. So no matter what is going on in your life, he promises his presence. Matthew 28, verse 20. 
I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That was actually John 16, 33. I apologize. Matthew 28, 20 says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Teshuva, which is one of, if you remember from my last podcast, that's one of the ways of blowing the shofar, means returning. So Teshuva is returning to Adonai and to our neighbor and restoring relationships. Many devote the whole month before the new year, you know, Rosh Hashanah, which you know how I feel about that, to making things right with God and man. Self-examination, prayer, and repentance intensify during the 10 days of awe, which is what they call, we, we call that um, between Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur. Yeshua tells us to make our relationships with others right before judgment falls. In Matthew 5.25, it says, Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Scripture clearly states that God allows sacrifices to be made only at the temple. When the temple was destroyed, it became impossible to present the atoning blood in the Holy of Holies. Yet people know that they still need to have atonement with God. Over the years, rabbis have developed other ways to seek atonement on this special day. Fasting, observing the Sabbath, and five long services filled with confession and prayer for mercy. Those following rabbinical laws, uh, <laughs> they swing a chicken, an innocent substitute, over the penitent's head and then give it to the poor for food, ensuring a good year for themselves. Some will swing money in a handkerchief and then give the money to charity. Another approach is through repentance and good deeds. Hosea 6.6, 6, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. We see in Hebrews that the yearly atonement sacrifices were pointing to Hamashiach, who would offer himself as the once-for-all atonement sacrifice. The yearly animal sacrifices were only a shadow, inadequate to cleanse and perfect the worshipers. And you'll find that in Hebrews 7.27 and Hebrews 9.25. We can find many merciful qualities of Adonai in scripture. He described himself to Moshe when he met with him on the mountain. Exodus 34.6-7. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. The liturgy that a lot of synagogues and even Messianic congregations do um, on Yom Kippur, they, it emphasizes God's mercy. Yet many people end the day feeling that they have achieved their own atonement through fasting, repentance, or good deeds and prayers. However, the New Testament, the Brit Hadashah, teaches that we must rely entirely on the mercy of God, which he makes available to everyone through Yeshua. 1 John 2, 1 through 2. My dear children, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Yeshua HaMashiach, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. The Old Testament, or the Tanakh, 
prophesies that one day the Jewish people will recognize Yeshua as their Messiah. Zechariah 12, 10, 13, and 1. I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. On that day a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and impurity. I know that's a lot of information. I literally have not even finished half of it, so I'm going to go ahead and end here. However, I did want to say um, that this week's Torah portion is really, really important, especially for this time of year. It's almost like they planned it that way. But the Torah portion this week is called Vayalech. The portion is Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 through 30. So the Torah portion is actually not that long this week. The half Torah portion is from three different places. You'll find then Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 through 20. And Joel chapter 2, verses 15 to 27. In the Brit Hadashah, where you'll find the Gospels, is Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Remember during this time, we are to do introspection. It's not about looking at your neighbor and saying, oh, that person needs to do this. It's introspection. What is it that I need to focus on that I might need to repent to my Father in Heaven or even to someone here on earth and to go with a right heart before your God. Um, we cannot do that if we are choosing to hold grudges against others. So I would encourage you um, to not do that, to choose to let it go and lay it at the foot of uh, the feet of Yeshua, your savior, who took on the sins of this world, including yours and mine. Now, as I leave you every single week, with the ironic benediction, which you will find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week, and I'll see you in a couple of days to discuss the rest of Yom Kippur. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at ProtonMail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.